share from my heart what um, what I believe God is speaking to me about honor. We're gonna this is gonna be week one of the series, and uh, we're gonna dive into this thing. And so I'm looking forward to what the Lord is going to say. Um, let's let's get into it. Um, first, if you would turn your Bible, if you have it, turn it to Second um, Corinthians chapter five, and we're going to. Start reading at verse 11, and we're going to read about six verses. So let's let's dive into it. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, um, and uh, it might read a little different from yours, but let's let's get into it. It says, "Since we are those who stand in holy in holy awe of the Lord, we make it our passion to persuade others to turn to Him. We know that our lives are transparent before God, before the God who who knows us fully." And I hope that we are also well known in your consciences. Again, we are not taking an opportunity to brag, but giving you information that will enable you to be proud of us and to answer those who esteem outward appearances while overlooking what's in the heart. Um, and to answer those who esteem outward appearances while overlooking what's in the heart. If we are out of our minds in blissful, divine ecstasy, uh, it is for God. But if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Uh, for it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motives and, and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all die with him. So that those who live shall no longer live self-absorbed lives, but live lives that are poured out for him. Listen to that. Because we died in Christ, because all died in Christ, we're no longer to live self-absorbed lives, but live lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. Verse 16 says, so, now, so then from now on we have... A new perspective. Somebody say perspective. New perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. Woo-wee! For that's how we once viewed the anointed one. But no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, or one translation says if anyone's in a, a new creature, uh, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order is vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Everything is fresh and new. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for what you're going to say. I thank you to speak through me this morning. Let me speak clearly and let me uh, share what you said in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the, the very essence of honor um, is honor has this way, uh, or for a lot of people, honor kind of relates to more of like a military term. When we think about honor, we think about ranking and, and military and how you honor um, ranking officers or whatever it may be. Uh, when you think about honor, you think about the, the law system, the, the judges, the things of that nature, we, we use the term your honor and all these things. Um, so you think uh, of, on levels of, of power and levels of 
uh, respect depending on people's title, position, blah, blah, blah. But in Christ, when we think about honor, we don't think about honor through levels of people's titles or any of that. We think about honor in a lean, linear way, which makes it that we all honor one another. At least that's the way it should be. But a lot of times in, in church, in, in Christ, and you know, as Christ followers, we miss it. We find ourselves putting people on pedestals and we find ourselves uh, making some people important while others are less important. We find ourselves making, um, and we can talk about this, now. let's talk about it freely. We find ourselves making one group of people important while uh, discrediting that the gospel is important for all people. And this is, in fact, a very, very, very big issue when you put it in light of the scriptures because the Bible teaches very specifically uh, that the gospel is for everyone and that Jesus came to and died for the world as a whole. Uh, so when we start placing people in categories and levels and different things like that, uh, we are in fact um, creating tension with the scripture that tells us that Jesus respects us all equally. Come on. But we have to wrestle with this same thing because though we are Christ followers and though uh, the scripture does teach this, and this is not to excuse it, we do live in a world that empowers uh, prejudice. We live in a world that empowers uh, a mindset of categories. We live in a world that empowers oppression. We live in a world that empowers racism. We live in a world that empowers where we put people on different levels of respect based on their class, their social economic class, we, based on their skin color, based on their uh, 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 influence, whatever it may be. We live in this kind of world. So when we begin to uh, take the scripture, what scripture teaches, and we begin to line it up with the, our reality, there creates this tension that we all must wrestle with. Because it's not enough to be in the world and not deal with the issues of the world and, and, and yet, um, yet, the Bible says it this way, don't be so heavenly minded that you know earthly good, right? So we have to learn how to address the issues of the world in a way where we do not prohibit what scripture teaches. Okay, so you might be saying, Pastor Fred, what are you getting at? So we look at common terms, we look at what's happening now, and in in so many ways, uh, a lot of people are frustrated because they're not hearing all lives matter. They're not hearing that term. They're hearing black lives matter. And I know there's, you know, we I've seen it all week where pastors are posting now saying, you know, if you say this word, if you support this organization, something's wrong with you. Um, and, and I'm not here to get into that. I'm, I, but what I'm, what I, there's a tension now that exists because we. we we know as believers that all lives matter. We, we know and we believe that statement 100%, 110%. We know that is the, the way of the gospel. We know that is what Jesus brought to this earth. Jesus brought 
this teaching that says nobody is is uh, uh, higher or lower, that we all collectively matter. This is what the gospel presents to us, that no matter what we're facing, no matter our background, that we still have an opportunity to go and do great things because the truth of the gospel is that he empowers us in a way that 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 allows us to go and live limitless lives. But, but in our world, the tension is, while it's true for the gospel, it's not true all the time in society. So people are wrestling right now. If you're a believer, you're wrestling with this all lives matter versus black lives matter. And you're wrestling with it, and, and there are a lot of believers that are like, you gotta, you got to say all lives matter. You can't say black lives matter. But here's the reality, and I want to say this to you, and I want to say it in love. All lives can't matter in our society standard until black lives matter. Right? Because if black lives don't matter, if we create this world and this tension where we're just nonchalant about the issues that affect black lives, then we are, in fact... We, we, we may use that statement, but it's not true in its essence. And so um, we have this tension between society and scripture because Jesus is very clear that all lives matter. But in our society, it's not 100% true. So as we've approached all these issues, we see this happening. And when people yell and they and they put their fist up and they're protesting and they're letting us know this. So this is where we, we're coming. Uh, uh, this is where I want to land this thing because we've come to this, this issue right here where now we have what, well, you hear this, but you're frustrated. So you have to respond and you have to say this and you have to say this. And this is what I want to teach you something. That honor places others before yourself. If you're going to have the God kind of honor, if we're going to actually operate like the scripture teaches us as believers, as Christ followers, that we are to place others before ourselves, that we are to <coughs> essentially put ourselves in the background and let others and, and let others' issues and things become the thing that grips our heart. This is what Jesus did, that he came and he gripped, his heart was gripped by the issues that plagued the people that were having the troubles on earth. And he said, I got to do something about it. God in his infinite wisdom and power knew that the only way to save this earth was that to let that passion for these people come through him where he would come to earth and die on the cross. But the issue of what people were facing, because they couldn't save themselves. We couldn't save ourselves. He came to break those barriers down and say, I'm coming here because I am drawn to what you are facing. So, so we get this thing where um, the scripture in another translation says these, it says it this way, that we no longer regard one another after the flesh. The Passion Translation says that we now have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearance. And so we no longer regard one another by the flesh that we now look at each other spirit to spirit. We look at each other in a way that's shifted because we're Christ followers. And if we're going to be, in fact, true, effective believers of Christ, then we have to mourn with our brothers that are mourning. We have to we have to be concerned about the issues that affect our fellow brother and sisters 
of Christ. And, 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 and if we don't do that, then we are missing the teaching of the scripture. The word regard means this. It means this. It says uh, to consider or think of someone or something in a specified way. To regard them, to place them uh, in, 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 a, in a way that's got significance in your heart. And if I say I regard you, that means I'm placing significance and value on you in my life. I'm saying that you are valuable to me and that what hurts you hurts me. What 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 breaks you breaks me. What uplifts you will uplift me. What you celebrate, I'll celebrate. What you are heartbroken by, I'll be heartbroken by. This is the way of the faith. This is the way of being a Christ follower that we are literally saying to people, I'm going to go through this very trial with you. I may not all understand it, and there may be some points that I may not even agree with, but I'm going to lay aside all of that, and I'm going to journey through you with you through this pain that you're facing right now. This thing that you're going through, this thing that is affecting you in many ways, and this is what I want us to understand, that when we look at the state of the world and what's happening in the world right now, we have to be honest that this is affecting the black community more than any other community. And yeah, I know people are going to argue and say, well, if I have, I've gone through this and I've done this and I've been affected by this. But this is the way of the gospel. You lay aside what you've gone through, what you've been affected by. Nobody's making it ineffective. Nobody's saying that you haven't. But what you have to begin to recognize what how compassion works is compassion says, I'm going to lay aside my struggles, my this defeats my things that I'm going through, and I'm going to in, in, uh, place you out in front of these things. I'm going to place you out in front of these things. I'm going to place you out in front of my my struggle, my trial, because I want you to know that I love you, brother. I love you, sister. And I, I yes, I, I I'm dealing with my own things, but you you know what? This is how I operate, even as a pastor. I, I'll see people fussing or going through something, and I may have my own trial and my own struggle and my own issue, but I know that I lay aside all of that, and I say, you know what, I want to get in this, this thing with you, and I want to journey through with you. And this is what we have to do. So the word compassion means this, that it is sympathetic, right? Sympathy. Sympathetic, pity, or concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. And you know, as I began to think about honor, and I was thinking about all the things going on in society today, I began to realize that, you know what, before we can do, before we can actually make real change, and before all of us can play our part, we have to learn how to have compassion. And, I, and I've been going over and over, just praying, and, and the Lord, I believe, spoke these words to me. He said, we need to learn to have choose compassion over contention. Contention is uh, is... Is, is a term that actually means deliberately arguing, deliberate disagreement. Some of us want to disagree just for simply disagreeing. Some of us would rather disagree just because it's a trend to disagree. Some of us would rather disagree because we don't want to search our own heart. We don't want to take a look at ourselves. We don't want to, to have to deal with what's really on the inside of us. And some of us would choose deliberately to disagree instead of choosing first compassion. 
And if I'm going to honor you as my brother and sister, if I'm going to honor you and I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to be a Christ follower and what, you, what, what affects you affects me, what you're going through, I, I, I'm going to feel that thing and I'm going to embrace that pain with you and I'm going to help you walk through this. If I'm going to be that kind of believer, then I have to learn how to choose compassion over contention. I cannot lead my life where I'm constantly wanting to argue with everything. I got to learn how to choose compassion over contention. I got to learn how to choose to be concerned about the misfortune and the mistreatment and the inequality and the things that are going on in our world over my need to be right or my need to argue or my need to show a different perspective when you, here's the thing, man. This is what you got to realize, that arguing that one group has been unjustly treated is not discrediting that other groups have been unjustly treated. And we have to recognize that. But the way of what we're facing and what we're dealing with right now, what we watch on the news and the heartbreaking things that we've seen makes us have to take and say, you know what, we need to address this right now. It's the analogy I saw where it's like if you if if a fire truck came to a neighborhood and and, and this house was on fire and you know typically what they would do with that house if that house is on fire, they're gonna focus in on the house. Yeah they may spray down the other houses and different things of that nature, uh depending on the size of the fire, but they're coming specifically for that house because that house is on fire. And if we don't learn how to allow our hearts to take priority over the thing that is affecting our brother and sister, then we're going to be lost and we're not going to see real change. So we got to learn how to, one, choose compassion over contention. Second thing is this, we need to learn how to choose listening over speaking. Now, I'm, I'm not perfect, and I'm going to tell you this, and you can ask Aaron. I struggle with this greatly because there's a small part of me that always wants to be right. There's a small part of me that always has to get my point across and say what I need to say, no matter what you're feeling, blah, blah, blah. Listen, folks, if we want to make change in the world, we got to learn how to listen first. The Bible says be be quick to listen and slow to speak. Sometimes we got to learn how to slow down our response. And we got to learn how to, uh, uh, my friend Matthew Hester said it so perfectly. He said we got to learn how to listen to gain understanding. Listen so that our compassion and, uh, can, can grow. Listen so that we can really tap into what people are feeling. Man, the, the, the world that we live in right now, there's so much that we're all facing. There's so much that's going on. And I want to encourage you to begin, let's begin to remove familiarity and let's begin to honor one another. Let's begin to have compassion for one another. Let's begin to, to care for one another in a way where we can change the world around us. I truly believe, I truly believe that God has given us the opportunity to really, really affect real change in our life and in the world around us. Some have said, man, 2020 should just be over. We should just restart and just be done with it. 
But I came to encourage you that we are right where God wants us. I believe we didn't need to go any further until we dealt with these issues. Will it all change? Who knows? God is a powerful God. He could change this thing overnight if he really wanted to. Will it all change? I don't know. But what I do know is that God is able and God is all power. And I do know this is that if we as believers, if we unite and we rally around and we say we're no longer going to accept this as the standard for our society, we're not going to accept this way of people being treated this way. We're not going to let it. We're going to hold people accountable, we're individuals. We're going to hold churches accountable. We're going to hold politicians accountable. We're going to hold everybody accountable who is mistreating those because of skin color or socioeconomic status or whatever it may be. We're going to hold you accountable. And if we as a people would rise up and say, no longer will we accept this as normal behavior, and, and that we are going to make sure that justice is served, I believe that we'll begin to see a great change in the world. A great change in the world. If I can just be honest with you, my heart was broken. It's been broken for the last few weeks. I've cried so many times. I, I'll be driving down the road for myself crying. But I keep leaning to this one thing, and that is that God is able. God is able. And that's hard hard to accept. It's hard. And I've had hard conversations with friends and I've, and I've had hard, many conversations with my brothers and, and we're all hurting. I want to encourage you a couple things. One, just, again, compassion over contention. Even if you have been contentious and you've argued just for the sake of arguing over the past few weeks, I pray that you would repent in your heart and that you would say, God, how can I tap into the pain that others are feeling and be compassionate? And I and I also, I pray that you would have the heart to listen. Listen. Be slow to respond. Listen. Listen with the heart of gaining understanding. We're going to see the world change. I promise you, we're going to come out on the other side of this better than we've ever been. But it takes, it takes us all collectively to do what we're supposed to be doing, which is having compassion for one another. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that's tuned in. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would touch their hearts, God. I pray that you would give them the peace and the courage to step up, speak up, listen up, everything. I thank you, God, that if we've in any way offended people, if we've in any way, give us the, the strength and the courage to repent and allow us to turn from those ways and let us be graceful towards one another. I pray that Honor would re-arise in our, in our society. God, that we wouldn't regard each other flesh to flesh, but that we would honor each other with respect and dignity like never before. I thank you, God, that you're changing lives and that people are going to experience your grace and your mercy. Thank you for what you're doing. We love you so much, and I love you like never before. In Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us here.